You're listening to the Retirement Solution Podcast with John Hicks. Helping you solve the retirement puzzle. Welcome to the Retirement Solution with John Hicks. Here with John Hicks, I'm Jennifer Perry. We'd love to hear from you here on the Retirement Solution Podcast. You can always drop us an email with any questions for John at retirementsolutionradio.com. And yes, this is a holiday weekend. The days just kind of run together right now, though. I had to remember last night, and I was watching some TV on Saturday night, and then all of a sudden I realized, oh, yeah, I mean, this is Memorial Day weekend. I didn't even remember that. That's did so not weird. even remember that yeah. on Saturday or Friday because uh, guess what? We didn't have a cookout. Yeah, uh, we didn't get to do none of that. <laughs> well, a lot of people have been so cooking out more. It's just an everyday thing now. So it just depends on uh, where you are during this whole mess right now. But it is important to kind of pause and remember what this weekend's all about for those who paid the ultimate sacrifice and uh, helped us achieve our freedom. I think it's a great thing to remember, especially at a time like this, John, when it seems like they're kind of just chipping away at some of our freedoms right now. I feel more restricted oh, right now than I ever have. It has felt that way. And I remember maybe it's a, a week or two ago now and it was shot down. But, you know, the governor tried to put a, you know, you can't drive anywhere out of the state thing. And I was like, Ugh. oh, man, are we, are we do we have to do all this? Because this is not the freedom I thought that people fought for. No, this is different. You know, this is, wasn't yeah. just for stuff and giggles. I mean, this was to try to keep us safe. And I understand that. But again, freedom in this country. I there are so many countries out there, Jennifer, and I was reminded of this uh, a couple of weeks ago when I talked to one of my clients who said, you know, one of their favorite things to do was to travel. And she was a female and she said, you know, I gotten to see more places in the last eight or nine years than I ever thought I'd be able to. Of huh. course, the reason we had this conversation is because we, we have had to stay her travel budget. She has not been able to do those things she'd like to do. But one of the main points that she had to say was, you know, I'm amazed because so many other countries do not have the freedoms. We take it for such granted. And as a lady that's been very well traveled over the last almost roughly decade, it kind of hit home. It's like, yeah, wow. How many things do we take for granted? I mean, more recently, we've been taking for granted, you know, just having the ability to to go out and spend money the way we choose and to enjoy those life things without being fearful of an illness. So, but I do feel that we've had some of those freedoms chipped away. Hopefully we can get back to normal. Vaccine is a, is a big word these days. Yeah. And some promising news there this week. I think, uh, you know, again, there's reason for optimism even at a time like this, but uh, then on the other end of the spectrum, people are still dealing with the very real impacts of this whole economic crisis. And I know Congress has been batting around this $3 trillion stimulus spending package too, John, but Mm -hmm. fortune magazine warned us this week that within the next decade, the government will likely need to impose monumental tax increases to pay for all the spending that we're having to do right now. So what does that mean for those of us who maybe plan to retire in this next decade? This is a big deal. Forbes is only six years behind me (laughs) in saying that, hey, with all of this government printing press action we're doing these days, we're going to have to really think about what are we doing? Are we are we potentially hurting the future of our legacy, of our future generations, of our kids and grandkids and great grandkids? Or are we going to bite the bullet and pay taxes? OK, mm-hmm. now, this was long before. I, you remember, guys, I've been doing this for a long time. I was saying that before we printed the first three trillion dollars. Right. And now they're talking about another three trillion dollars. And I actually looked at this bill. 
Okay. Okay. I don't typically look at this junk because it just makes me either ticked or mad or I frankly don't understand what on earth they're saying. <laughs> but what this is supposed to do if they get this thing in, I think that I'm against it, to be perfectly honest. Okay. I don't know what's going to happen to the economy. Okay. Right. But I'm one of those that's like, listen, sometimes it's just better. Sometimes it's just better to take your licking and get it over with. And then at that point in time, then you can decide to do all the right things from there. Mm -hmm. But we keep trying to prolong this. It's like the government's like, well, we just don't know what's going to happen, so we're just going to keep throwing money at the problem. At some point in time, we're going to be talking about real money. Yes. We're only $3 trillion deep. If we go $6 trillion, at one point in time, it's going to actually amount to some real money there. But what <laughs> they're going to try to promise, Jennifer, or at least what these folks are up there in D.C. trying to figure out, do they want to give us another $3 trillion, which would amount to about $6,000 a family? Okay. Now, on top of that, they're talking about giving another $600 weekly boost to unemployment benefits going all the way into 2021. Oh, wow. Wow. Ooh. And I think so, we're already seeing some of the damaging effects from that. A lot of people not wanting to go I, back to work because they're making more. What, what, who would blame someone? <laughs> you know, I, I'm a capitalist at heart. You know, I do believe in doing the right thing, but I believe, hey, why on earth would we give up something great if it's great? People are making more money by not working. Yeah, but this there's is no the thing incentive. I've been saying. Exactly. And this is what we've been saying about the welfare state forever. If you give someone a reason to not work, what on earth would they want to think about working for? <laughs> And listen, listen, a lot of these folks may not have jobs to go back to. I fully understand that. I recognize that. But guys, the statistics we're seeing, there's a whole bunch of people that are purposefully waiting back. They're not looking for jobs. They could care less about jobs. And if the government allows them to do this till January mm. on our tax dollars, it's not the government's tax money, right? right. It's our tax money. If you're a, a law-abiding, tax-paying citizen, we're going to pay for this. But anyway... They're potentially talking about expanding that. And then there's a whole bunch of what I call pork barreling. Oh, boy. A whole bunch of stuff in here. $25 billion to help out the U.S. Postal Service. I mean, okay, I'm not against Postal Service employees, but what are they really talking about help? I don't know where that's going to go yeah. for. $10 billion for food stamp benefits. Now, listen, now the one thing I know is if you're on food stamps, you're probably not working to begin with. Right. So if you look at those types of things, what, what are we doing there? Those people should already be getting those benefits. But then a $20 million to go for grants for arts and humanities organizations? Hmm. See see how simple it is when they say, oh, we're going to help American people. But people find the way. And there's another $50 million in there for EPA environmental justice grants. And, guys, this is just the first handful of pages and pages and pages of this junk. How does environment justice help us get back to normal? I, I mean, I just I don't see no the point idea. in this particular bill to address you know, this. I never understand this stuff. But here's what I do know, guys. And, I, and I'm going to use a little bit of history right now because th this kind of stuff just ticks me off. And I do understand. I am not naive. I understand that politics often work this way. If we want to have enough votes to get through, someone's got to get what they want. Other people got to get what they want. Now, remember, the ultimate goal of this, hopefully should be to avoid a depression, okay? If they're looking at the ultimate goal, which is to not have another 1929, to not have another period of time where it took 56 years to recover. Mm. That's right, guys. It's been a long time since this happened. But if you had $1 invested in the stock market in 1929, it took 56 years for you to have gotten back to just $1. That is absolutely undoable for the average retiree this day and age. Impossible for the average bear, no matter how much they've saved, to retire if they cannot earn any money 
for 56 years. Hmm. And of course, during the majority of that period of time, they were lower than where they'd started. We can't do it. But here's what happens if we go too far. I just want to remind us about where I think the biggest problem is going to happen, and this is taxation on our fixed income folks. This is the part that kind of keeps me up at night a little bit, okay? Because I remember history. Because, again, remember, those of us out there that don't know history are doomed to repeat it. Right. But if you look in the 1960s, most of us out there were around in the 60s. Now, I did not happen to be around the 60s. Jennifer, you weren't around. No. You weren't around until like the 90s, right? You're (laughs) incredibly young. (laughs) Thank you. Appreciate that. (laughs) Right. No, so but in the 1960s, if you're listening to the show, you're probably thinking about retirement. You may have been around for a few years. And the whole point is in the 60s, if you had $62,000 of today income, so today, not back in the 60s, but today income, you'd be in the 26% tax rate. That's just federal, which is almost two and a half times what the current tax rate is if you make $62,000 today. How would you like to pay two and a half times more taxes than you're currently slated to pay? Now, guys, this isn't like, oh, oh, what could happen? This has already happened. You lived during this period of time. Yeah. You lived through this. We just forgot about it. (laughs) Crazy, I know. But let's say that you're not yet retired. You're thinking about it, and you don't know what's going to happen yet, but let's say that you have a household income of $153,000. Now you'd be in the 38% federal tax bracket. Oh, my. 38% against $153,000, which means that you add state to that. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, you have nearly only half of what you currently earn, half of what you currently earn if tax rates just go back to where they were in the 60s. Uh Now, why do I bring up the 60s? We were a lot more solvent back then than we are right now. And so why not look at history of when did the United States have a a more balanced budget? When did we have our finances a little bit more in gear? The 60s was a period of time that we had that. And look what tax rates had to be. So do I think that tax rates are going to go up precipitously? Yes. But imagine if you're on fixed income, you're going to retire in the next couple of years or you're already retired. Guys, I'm talking to you if you're already retired. What happens if that tax bill goes from 12% a year to 26? What happens when we go two and a half times nearly as high? Instead of paying 100 bucks in taxes, you're paying 225 bucks in taxes. Is that going to affect your income? Yes. Well, heck yeah. Heck yeah, it's going to affect your income. So I don't want the government throwing away this money frivolously because it's going to cost us all. Those that needed the benefit and payout, those that didn't need the benefit, didn't need the payout, didn't take the handout, it doesn't matter. We're all going to have to pay it back. So when we're talking about our ability to retire, this is my biggest fear, guys. What happens if we just increase our tax payments to the point to where we can't retire? Mm. That's not doable in my mindset. So I hope the government pays a lot of attention to this. I hope that both sides do work together. This should not be partisan on this one. No. Because we need to avoid a depression. But having said that, if we're just doing this stuff to make it look better right now, guys, we can't afford it. Right. No one can. And certainly our grandkids, they'll never be able to afford it. Mm, man. And uh, I was looking at your notes over there. $3.6 billion to help make voting by mail easier. $3.6 yeah. billion with a B? So what do they got to give us? Self-addressed stamped envelopes? What oh. do we need? Why are we doing mail when we got the Internet? Yeah, I, 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 I listen. I'm just saying, three point six billion dollars to help us vote better by mail. There's what, a better what, way what, to do you, this. How can you spend three point six uh, billion dollars to put blowing. a thing, a self-addressed stamped envelope, in the mail? Not you, that hard. Usually, like postcards. Right. Not that Blows hard. my mind. Have questions for John? Drop us an email at retirementsolutionradio.com. 
Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if John Hicks is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. J. Hagen Capital Inc. is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through John Hicks, Kentucky Insurance License Number 998827. 